This is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League. Here's your host, John Keane. And welcome to WHL This Week Radio Edition with the Championship Series presented by Nutrien. With the Seattle Thunderbirds now in the driver's seat over the Winnipeg Ice, we'll have the latest in the bid to hoist the Edgeton Up Cup coming up in moments. Well, the Portland Winterhawks and Morgan Stickney made some WHL history from the WHL Prospects Draft. We'll have that story. And we're a week away from the Memorial Cup presented by Kia for Kamloops. We'll hear from the local committee on preparation, plus Blazer alumni and former WHL head coach Ryan Huska, part of Memorial Cup Hockey Royalty for his three rings. He'll be our guest. First up. The Seattle Thunderbirds are one win away from lifting the Ed Shinoth Cup. Game four, Wednesday night in Kent, tied at two in the third period with the Winnipeg Ice. The trailer now is Prokop, moved into the corner. There's a That was Gunther's playoff leading 16th goal of the postseason. It would stand up as the game winner in a 4-2 victory. You know, these are the games you want to play in. Those are the moments you want to play in as a player. You dream of these kind of games in the finals and the games on the line. Thunderbirds taking a 3-1 series lead in the WHL Championship presented by Nutrien. Postgame head coach Matt Odette. Happy with the way our team finished the game. You know, we, we had a good third period. We needed it. Um, you know, buckled down and found a way to win the game. And Odette Cranerday in a 31-save performance from goaltender Thomas Millich. So many key saves, it's hard to kind of keep track of them. You know, they're, they're a good team. So many times Thomas was there to, to slam the door for us. Millich has continued his strong play in the playoffs. Having a short memory in these playoffs is super important, regardless of what's happening. So I think we set ourselves pretty good for Game 5 here at home especially. And, you know, we're going to have a couple days off here to rest up, but you know, we're going to attack the game. Now the Winnipeg Ice lotting a good effort, but not quite enough in game four. Head coach James Patrick. Game was there. Had chances. We had chances at, uh, you know, when it was 2-2. And uh, even when they went ahead, we had chances. We weren't able to, to get the, uh, the go-ahead or the tire. Forward Owen Peterson wanting to send the series back to Winnipeg. Yeah, I thought for the most part we played a pretty good game, uh, a lot better than the last game. Um, obviously we knew uh, coming into it we needed we need to win in this building, so looking into next game we have a chance to bring the series back to, to Winnipeg, and if we can play how we played tonight, we'll have a good chance. Top NHL draft prospect for this summer's draft, Zach Benson, ahead of Game 5. Yeah, we got to play desperate hockey. Um, I thought we played a great game tonight, and I think we just got to um, continue playing that way. Um, I think we got to bury our chances, and we just got to compete. The Seattle Thunderbirds trying to win their first league title since 2017. The Winnipeg Ice franchise last won a league championship in 2011. From the drop of the puck to the Edge Chanel Cup, this is the WHL This Week Radio Edition. The Portland Winterhawks and Morgan Stickney will share a piece of WHL history coming out of the 2023 WHL Prospects Draft. The Redondo Beach, California native became the first American-born female player to be drafted in the WHL when the Winterhawks selected her in the 10th round, 215th overall. It was uh, super cool. I mean, dream come true. It was always like in the back of my head, but it was um, became a reality, but I wasn't expecting anything, but it was just super cool. 
in my dorm room, just like refreshing the draft page and just scrolling and seeing my buddies being drafted too. It was really cool. The star goaltender of Shattuck St. Mary's 16 under women's team was keeping tabs on draft day online. Well, actually, right before I um, uh, saw it refresh on the list, I got a request from Portland Winterhawks on Instagram. I was like, so I was so confused. And then. Stickney dominated the 2022-23 season with Shattuck, holding a 23-4-3 record with 33 games played, a 9.28 save percentage, and a 1.52 goals against average. The 5'8", 135-pound netminder finished as the runner-up to the 2023 USA Hockey Nationals, earning a 9.50 save percentage, allowing one goal per contest. I play big in big games and um, always working hard in practice. So then that's how I could play in games. I mean, if it's like a championship game, I'm like, like the national championship a couple months ago. I was like, keep it in the zone as long as possible. But when they come down, I'll be ready. Obviously, when like I get a lot of shots, I feel like I play a lot stronger. And she has a connection to the Winterhawks going back a few years. Um, I've been a fan since I was younger. I actually have a photo of, um, me cheering them on in a Portland Winterhawks cheerleading outfit when I was like four years old. So my dad was a Portland Winterhawks fan and we'd always uh, fly out there and watch games with like my whole family and visit the city. As for her preparations for Winterhawks training camp in the fall? I'm just planning on training a lot and then getting on the ice with my goalie coach from last year and then just working on everything so then next season can be a Huge season. Yeah, I'm going to work hard all summer and uh, skate with, hopefully skate with the older uh, Shattuck boys to get prepared for this camp. Congratulations to goaltender Morgan Stickney. In the corners and around the boards, the WHL This Week Radio Edition. Preparation and planning continues in Kamloops as the host of the 2023 Memorial Cup presented by Kia. With a tournament opening with a kickoff concert Thursday, May 25th with the Glorious Suns performing. That'll roll right into the first game featuring the host Kamloops Blazers against the Quebec champions next Friday. Local committee co-chair Norm Daly updated us on the preparations for the event now just days away. We have uh, over 500 volunteers that are going to be a part of this event. Um, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of hours of volunteer time that's going to be spent. Uh, Cindy Logan, who's done this so many times and was recently awarded uh, an award from the city uh, for her leadership in the community, uh, she, you know, she's taken charge of that again and just does a fantastic job for us. And, you know, it's it's just amazing how Kamup steps up at uh, these major events and, and comes through. And, you know, that's just part of our, our DNA, I always say, in our community is the volunteer base. And, you know, people are knowledgeable as well. So it makes it so much easier to organize these things. You know, you have people who who put the arena together before you have people who run, you know, vehicles before and things like that. So that's a really nice part about living in Camels. Daily, along with the local host committee has been working with the CHL to host a great event. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a very fluid relationship. I mean, uh, we're really partners in this event uh, with them. You know, uh, you can do things one way or, or or you can work together. And I mean, I, I've been done enough events that I know that the best way to do things is to work together. Um, you know, I haven't always agreed on everything, but I don't think that uh, we've had any major controversies that we couldn't solve uh, pretty quickly. So, you know, the, they're uh, they've got a, a large organization. They're running the three leagues, and uh, they sort of changed uh, how they they operate over the last couple of years. I think this is only the the second uh, Memorial Cup that's actually been run by the CHL. It used to be run by each of the individual leagues. So, you know, there's a learning curve on both sides uh, to get to this point. 
Kamloops last hosted the Memorial Cup 28 years ago in 1995. You're listening to the WHL This Week Radio Edition. With the Memorial Cup presented by Kia set for Kamloops, only four players in CHL history have won three titles. Former Kamloops Blazer Ryan Huska, along with his teammates then, Tyson Nash and Darcy Tucker, lifted the cup in 1992, 94, and 1995. The former head coach of the Kelowna Rockets has gone on to coach in pro. In fact, he's been with the Calgary Flames organization the last nine years, the last five as an assistant coach with the NHL club. He joined WHL this week to recap his memories from his three Memorial Cup titles. Oh boy, lots of memories. Um, I would probably say the first one is that uh, I, I really feel like it was only a few years back, but I, I am getting up there in age now. Uh, but I think the biggest thing when you look at all those years are how close our teams were and the type of friendships that uh, a lot of us still do have to this day, which is, is the coolest thing. And I know there's going to be a bunch of guys that are going to go back and, and cheer on the, the current Blazer team and and hopefully see them have the success that we were able to have as a team. So that would be the, the number one thing for me, John, is how, how tight of a group we did have and, and the relationships that we were able to build and, and the lasting ones over the years, because I really do think it's, it's when you win together, you find a way to always stay together and stay connected. Yeah, hearing that a lot as we put our coverage together, and you'll forever be linked with, you know, uh, for good or for bad, with Tyson Nash and Darcy Tucker, right? You three. So uh, all three of you won three Memorial Cups. You'll always have that to share together. Yeah, and those, they're two of the best guys. And if you're going to have a chance to win some Memorial Cups with people, you'd want to be with those guys every day of the week. I mean, when you look at the uh, the careers that they went on to have as as players, um they had to work hard for everything every step of the way. And that includes their time as 16-year-olds making the team along with me. Um, we didn't get a chance to play every night our 16-year-old our year. And even Darcy, I still remember the stories vividly. They told him they were going to send him home. And he basically told them off and said, no, I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> and he turned, he turned into an unreal player, um, junior hockey-wise, and then he went on to some amazing things pro-wise. So it's pretty cool to see what he's been able to do. And, and Tice... We were line mates, I felt like, from 16 on. Um, so we had a real tight connection. Um, and seeing, again, another guy that, as he got older, realized he had to change how he played the game in order to allow himself to be an NHL player. It was something that he did, and they gave him a number of years in the NHL. Um, for a guy that was just a really hardworking, um, agitating type guy, he changed his role to make sure he was fitting in, in that type of position and allowed him to play in the NHL for as long as he did. So two amazing guys, and I'm, I'm really pumped that I'm um, you know, one of the three with those guys. Yeah, it's 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 a great story, and you know, you know, Tyson Nash has Ty Nash with the with the Winnipeg Ice, his son, you know, climbing through the ranks here a little bit. Uh, your 16 year old season, uh, 91, 92, uh, it really laid the groundwork for you as a player. Were you like, you know, that 92 team? Were you like a sponge? Like, give me your 16 year old attitude going into that situation and being part of that first championship season. Yeah, eyes wide open and ears open. I did a lot of listening. Um, that's the first time, you know, when most kids go off to play junior hockey that they actually get exposed to really good coaching. And for me, it was Tom Rennie. And some of the things that he did and how he ran practices, it was like I was in a different world when we got into those situations. And then I was 
my first year, lucky enough to bill it at Roger and Sheila Paulson's place. And my roommates were Scott Niedermeyer and started with Fred Heddle. Uh, Fred got traded and Todd Johnson came in. Um, and they were like two or three, I should say, of, of the best people a young guy could ever be around. Everybody looked up to Scotty because everybody knew what he was like. And when he came back to our team, I pretty much idolized the guy. I thought he was the coolest thing around. <laughs> and then I had great relationships with the other two guys who, who weren't um, – one of the the bigger names on our team, but they were they were key members, and I looked at them as as big brothers for me. So having that experience on that team and really learning every time I went to the rink was the most important thing for me. And of course, you want to play every game, but we were told originally um, that it won't be every game for our sixteen year olds. You're going to be in and out of the lineup, and it's something we accepted because we wanted to be part of a great team. And you stuck with it, and you know we we looked past the ninety two the ninety two championship, and we all know the Zach Boyer goal and the lead pass yeah. with seventeen seconds left. You're sixteen years old, part of a, a massive celebration in the community after being denied three Memorial Cups earlier. What what was that like to come back to Kamloops like and, and with? Um, you know that's uh, that was I think well going back to the game quickly like I, I had one shift in that game and I thought it was the coolest thing <laughs> you know <laughs> so to be a part of it was awesome um, and having your family there I think is the other neat thing because it was in Seattle so a lot of the parents were able to make that trip which is a, a cool thing but riding the bus back um, spending the time with the guys and then arriving to um, a ton of of supporters and our fans in Kamloops was an experience that you won't forget. And it, you you don't think at that time, hey, we're going to roll this back and we're going to do it again. We're going to win more Memorial Cubs here. Like you almost think that, holy cow, this is my first year in the league. And, and we were able to reach the pinnacle of junior hockey right away. Like what's happening next? But the support that the team got was awesome. And I was lucky enough, and I should say some of us were lucky enough to play an old Memorial that first year. And um, man, it's it was quite an environment to play hockey in for sure. Um, and then you make that transition into the new building. Uh, it was like two different type of teams and seasons, but the, the support never wavered and it was always the same. The best fans that we were able to play in front of were in Kamloops for sure. 94. Uh, and you know, the word is, you know, we were a bit of a, an underdog to a, a stack Portland team, but a, but a goaltending injury on their side, sort of pushed the Blazers over the top. And I think that was such a, a memorable, you know, that those are my first memories of the Kamloops Blazers and, and junior hockey was the 94 league final against the Saskatoon Blades, Norm Miracle, uh, Steve Passmore. Um, you know, uh, do you think much about that 94 series that went to seven? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's things that you remember from that as well. Like you mentioned it, we weren't supposed to beat Portland. And that was a huge thing for us because those games against Portland were they were physical, they were mean. Um, both teams hated each other. And they had a team that was supposed to go all the way that year. And when we got past them, uh, there was a real different feeling with our group. One that all of a sudden the belief was there again, like, okay, like this was supposed to be the team and we just beat them. So when we went into that final, the series was a, a tight, it was a good series for sure. Um, but we started hearing things as the series went on that Norm Miracle had already got his U-Haul packed up. And he's ready to go. He's done. It's like enough of this. I've had enough. Where we were just starting to get our engines going. Um, so when you hear little stories like that, you get a little bit more excited. You're ready to go and you want to make sure you finish a team off. And again, it, 
for me, I remember my dad at that point. He was driving back and forth. He was going to Saskatoon to watch games. Mm-hmm. He was coming to Kamloops. They were everybody's all in, um, and our team was feeling really good about itself. But you know, there's the little stories like those ones that you won't forget. Um, and we were able to win that series and 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 send ourselves to the Laval. Memorial Cup. All yeah. of a sudden, you know, you're a veteran now, right? Like you're a guy who leaned on in key situations. Uh, what was that like going into a, a pretty hostile environment to the '94 championship? That was my first real taste of, you know, now you you really matter and you have to show up every night for your team. Um, and the small building that we played in there was an experience. Like it was still at the time where you could almost see the smoke haze, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, where, where fans could smoke in the building. So it, the experience of being in there was pretty cool. The atmosphere was different level when we played Laval. Like there was some energy in the building. Uh, we beat them in the round robin game, walked out of the rink, and one of the referees was knocked out in his car. <laughs> You might have heard that story yeah. before. It's all coming out now. Owner, yeah, it's all coming yeah, out. The yeah, owner, the owner, I think, of the team was unhappy with the refereeing, and <laughs> he, he let him know. <laughs> um, but, you know, for me, there's a couple things that stand out in Laval. Like, we really only had, at that point, one real tougher guy, and that was Chris Murray. And every night, he had to go out, and he was fighting guys that were heavyweights along the way and he did it religiously and he didn't do it because he necessarily liked to he did it because at times our team needed that that was one thing that stands out from that tournament for me the other um was one that i will never forget i got kicked out of the the final game for spearing um and it's it's something where you're waiting to see if the guys will kill that penalty off the pit in your stomach that you had um you know, I, I can see it now. I didn't think it was a spirit penalty, but it, it was just an awful feeling where you're relying on your teammates to go out there and get the job done and kind of save your ass a little bit. And um, it's one thing that, of course, I will never forget, but you're really thankful that your your teammates are there for you in those situations and they found a way to get it done. 1995, back home, uh, where the phrase was, keep the cup. And yeah. that team, you know, Don Hay, uh, you know, rarely puts the, the, the brand special on a team, but he calls the 95 group special back on home ice. Uh, and, of course, it, it didn't come easy to go through the front door, as we know, with no. the branded Wee Kings. But uh, 95, is that the one that you think about the most? Uh, it was the most newest for you, but, but 95 memories, what do you think about? Yeah, there's a, a lot of things, and I would say that's the one that, that stands out in my head the most. I mean, we were, I don't even know what they're called anymore, but they were the tip top 10 top set or whatever it was, that list for the best teams, and we were rated number one from the very beginning of the year. Um, so we went into that year with a lot of expectations on us, of course, because we won the, the tournament last year. Um, but the feeling that that team had, and it was right from day one, and it starts with uh, Bob Brown at, and right down through Hazer. Um, no team was going to beat us if we were at our best. And and that's the type of swagger that that team had. And a lot of it comes down to our personnel. I mean, you know, Jerome McGinley and Shane Doan and Darcy. It goes on and on, um, the players that we had on that team, including the guys we haven't even talked about on the back end with Jason Strudwick, Nolan Baumgartner, Aaron Keller, Jason Holland, Luke Witch. It was ridiculous. <laughs> So the only time that team ever lost is when we had a night where we, I hate to say it, but maybe took it off. Um, because when we were on, we blew teams out. 
And we had that mindset going all the way through. And there was no chance we weren't going to make it through the front door. That was our goal that was set for us by Hazer and, and our coaching staff at, at the beginning of the year. And we grabbed hold of that. Uh, and we found a way to make our way all the way through. Now, I, without getting long, one story that I'll never forget, and I'm sure you've heard it from the other guys as well. We went into Brandon and lost our first two games at home. Yeah. And Bob Brown told our group, it's a long bus ride. <laughs> <to Brandon. laughs> that is, yeah. He's told the guys, if you bring the series back to Kamloops, we'll fly you home. So the boys were fired up <laughs> about it. We ended up doing the job in Brandon, and then it's back on the bus. Well, there was almost a mutiny. Guys were so mad. <laughs> Bob probably to this day will say that he never said that to us. And Hazer told us to sit down and get on the bus. <laughs> but it's one thing that you don't forget. The other thing, and it's such a small little thing in a game, but it's a big thing to the players that were on that team. Early in the games in Brandon, Jerome McGinley beat out an icing call. Um, otherwise, face-offs back in our zone. We end up scoring off that play. So there's, there's little things that stand out in your head, and it's not necessarily like, you know, Jerome coming down the wing and scoring the biggest goal. I remember him beating out an icing, and, and that's what stands out in your head. But when that series came back to Kamloops, it was over. And I think the guys at Brandon knew that, that we were kind of getting our wheels going again, um, and they really didn't stand a chance from that point on. Well, the fact that you remember that detail and how important it, it, it was uh, really, you know, definitely points to the fact that you've been a coach for 21 years now. I mean, that that's something that a coach would pick up uh, for sure uh, as, as a big moment. Great way to wrap it up and uh, just a fantastic trip down memory lane with you. And we hope to uh, see you in Kamloops and we want to wish you the best of luck uh, in, in your pursuits as well. And thanks for being such a great guest part of our Memorial Cup coverage. Well, thanks for having me, John. Hey, that's the show. Big thanks to our guests as well as the Portland Winterhawks for their help. I'm John Keane. Thanks for listening. Thank you.